Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And let's see if Duff McKagan can make us laugh with the joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling. Yeah, I hope everybody's feeling well with you. You know, uh, a friend of mine took his, his daughter out the other day, and, and uh, my friend was out, and he saw a really old friend of his. Uh, they had seen quite some time, and he introduced his daughter. This is my daughter, Beth. He said to his old friend. The old friend said, oh, what is Beth short for? And my friend said, oh, because she's three. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> I like that one. Hey, by the way, so I just heard uh, last Friday's uh, uh, joke of the week. It was a little bit uh, mumbled. I think it was the show with Jay White. Switch played Jay White. So if you heard the joke and couldn't quite discern it, I'm going to tell it to you right now. He said, yeah, I went to the islands and bought a piece of pie uh, in Jamaica. It was $3. Uh, in, in Bahamas, it was $4. And in the Dominican Republic, it was $5. He goes, these are the pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates. All right. Tip your waiters and waitresses and try the veal. We are here this week. Duff still calling in all the time every single Friday. He's a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. And today we got some uh, possible future Rock, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Three Days Grace is here. They were just nominated for three Juno Awards, uh, uh, Canada's version uh, of the Grammys. I have a Juno with Devin Townsend when I was Captain Spectacular on the uh, Zoltoid album that we did together. Uh, three Days Grace are up for the Group of the Year, Juno, Album of the Year, and Rock Album of the Year for their latest record, Outsider. Congrats to them. And they also just recently made rock and roll history by becoming the band with the most number one songs on the active rock charts. That's right. Thanks to their latest single, Infrared. They've now got 14 number one rock songs. They just beat out Van Halen for the most number ones. We're going to talk about that with them as well. I've got the entire band here today. Besides Living Color, I've never had an entire band. Singer uh, Matt Walst is here. His brother and bass player, Brad Walst. Uh, drummer Neil Sanderson and guitar player, the big man, Barry Stock. It's only the second time in Talk is Jericho history I've had an entire band on. Like I said, Living Color was the first. Three Days Grace is the second. All right. So before we get to Three Days Grace, I got another special guest for you. And if you live in Philadelphia, you've seen the uh, ridiculous, amazing billboards all over town. The ones that say, I hate Steven Singer. You know exactly what they mean. So you know exactly who's on the line with me right now. It's Steven Singer. I don't know if I hate you, man, but I got to tell you, uh, I love these uh, ads, this whole campaign to promote uh, Steven Singer Jewelers. You are the CAO. You are the founder. Uh, how did the whole I hate Steven Singer thing get started? Because it's really memorable. It gets stuck in your brain for sure. Well, thank you so much. First of all, thank you so much for being one of our spokesmen. We love being associated with you, and you already have a big problem. <laughs> What's the problem? I can't even tell you. I have had dozens and dozens and dozens of requests over the last week 
for signed photos and swag and want to know when they can meet you. Everybody's going crazy. <laughs> and not just wrestling fans. I'm talking regular fans. Customers are coming to the store. Customers are tweeting us, Instagram, live chat. Everybody wants to be involved with Chris Jericho. I had one of my programmers call from overseas in India, wants to know how he can meet Chris Jericho. That's this great. is how excited people are. So I can't thank you enough for for us being associated with you. We'll, we'll transfer it over to I Hate Chris Jericho soon enough. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did you come up with that idea? Well, you know, the best stuff is always true. And uh, I was sitting in downstairs. This is many years ago. I was waiting on a customer. It was a guy by himself. and He was buying his wife a, uh, a, a, a ring for their anniversary, their 20th anniversary. And there was a young couple right next to him that just got an engagement ring, and she was over the moon. She was just crazy. She was saying, oh, my God, I love the ring. I love my fiancé. I love Steven Singer. I love the store and everything. She's going crazy. And the guy turns around and looks at her with a deadpan look and goes, you love Steven Singer? I hate Steven Singer. Now, she <laughs> thinks, oh, my God, this guy must be a mental patient. What the hell's going on? He goes, you want to know why? And she like looks like, well, not really. I don't know. But he goes, I'm going to tell you why. Because 20 years ago, I sat right here, and I got my wife an engagement ring. And we had 20 wonderful years of marriage. We had two grown kids. Everything was terrific. Everything was great. I came back and got her an anniversary band. And nine months later, we had our third kid. My kids were done. They were in college, paid for, done. Now I have one that's two decades younger than the other kids. I hate <laughs> Steven Singer. And he blamed me for the bottle feedings and that. Meanwhile, he said it was the best thing that ever happened to him years later. But when women hear that story, they always go, ah. But it evolved to all the other jewelers in the country hate me because we kind of expose them because we have a one-price policy, the perfect price. We have algorithms that search on the inter online, all over the Internet, and actually other stores. And we make sure that we always give everybody the best value. Which is kind of part of your, your overall you know, business plan uh, with so many other kind of, like you said, very memorable things. I want you to tell me a story about uh, the Howard Stern beauty pageant for uh, Tiger Woods' alleged mistresses. Uh, you designed an exclusive <laughs> well, we, ring for the winner. Howard had called me and said, we're having a, a Tiger Woods mistress beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to make something memorable, some kind of thing. And they were having all these you know, girls came in that he had dated before. And so we made a large black diamond ring uh, that we gave as one of the prizes instead of a regular white diamond. And that was one of the grand prizes for the Tiger Woods beauty pageant, or mistress beauty pageant, I should say. And that was all Howard's idea. He just he called me and just said, would you do it? And I said, sure. And we were in the studio. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, one thing that, that was your idea was uh, your neat, unique, uh, the gold-dipped roses. And we're going to give away 12 lucky uh, Talk is Jericho listeners, these these gold-dipped roses. Details oh, that's great. Up later in the show. Yeah, very, very popular. Get lots of uh, questions. And I, I gave two of them, actually, to my wife. We have them in a, in a vase in our kitchen right now. How did you come up with that idea for, for these gold-dipped roses? It was just roses? a dopey idea many years ago. Around 1980, we came up with it. And the first time we had the gold roses, we showed them to everybody. The funny thing is everybody says these are horrible. I hate them. They're ugly. <laughs> Nobody wants them. We had them. We had them for a couple of years on the shelf. We were selling them. Finally, my staff said to me, listen, we got like a couple dozen of these things. They're getting dust on the boxes. Nobody wants them. We got to get rid of them. Let's just, you know, let's give them away or give them to charity, something like that. I said, no, you guys don't see what I see. It's just going to take a little time. Then the next year we sold maybe 
75 of them, and then a couple hundred, then a couple thousand. Then it started to really take off, and now we're the world's biggest seller of this product. Uh, we're making them all over. We have exclusive colors that are just ours. And what happened is people, just like you said, they kind of build a bouquet. So they would get one, then the next year, whatever new color we come out, they would get that. And they like to collect all the colors. Um, people give it for Christmas, for birthday, for anniversary. Certainly Valentine's Day is our number one time of year. Mother's Day is very, very popular. But it's really just a great gift. It starts at $59. It comes in a really great gift packaging. It has a little personalized love note from you. Um, and women just dig it because, you know, it says, I love you all year round. It's an easy gift. And guys like it because for 59 bucks, how can you go wrong? If you got, you know, regular flowers, they die in a week. If you get candy, it's great, but goes right to your hips. And, you know, the girls don't like that. So this is something that says, I love you, and it doesn't break the bank. Exactly. You said and they never, uh, they never wilt, they never die because they're dipped Now, they door. last forever, yeah. and they have a lifetime guarantee. So uh, even if your dog eats it, something happens to it, we guarantee it. So uh, I wanted to ask you, um, sometimes guys get in some rough situations with their wives or girlfriends or significant others, and I want to run by some, some uh, scenarios by you, Stephen, to see if there's a Stephen Singer jewelry product that might help a brother out of a jam. Sure, lay it on me. This this is the one area that I am, that I may be an expert at. All right. So uh, let's say uh, let's say you forget your wife or girlfriend's birthday. That's bad. Yeah. Well, if you forgot your wife's or girlfriend's birthday, it would be a miracle, I think, if she forgave you, mm -hmm. because that's a big one. So oh, I would yeah. get a miracle pair of miracle diamond studs. We have these little diamond studs. They're called miracle diamond studs. They're uh, under five hundred bucks, so four hundred sixty-eight bucks, something like that. And they're quarter carat, but the great thing is that just like you have a miracle bra, this is called miracle diamond studs. They look way bigger than they are. They look like they're a carat diamond in each year, which would be you know a couple thousand bucks. And for four hundred sixty-eight bucks, it's just unbelievable look. And that's a great gift if she's going to forgive you for that. But my advice would be, don't do that. <laughs> exactly, this is the first one. Uh, how about yeah. you stayed out too late with your buddies and came home drunk at four in the morning? Oof. Man, oh man, these are tough. Um, wow. Well, if you came home drunk, mm, I would probably get, I would get the gold rose. I think that because you you would tell her that you were real sorry and you're going to give her a real gold dip rose and promise to build her a bouquet every year if she forgives you. Okay, that's good. See, you got you got them all. Okay, how about? Uh, you need a piece of jewelry because you don't want to get a, a puppy or a yappy dog that she's convinced she wants to get a dog. That's an easy one. We have beautiful call, uh, gifts called Sweet Love for Pets. Uh, and you mentioned Howard Stern earlier. It was named after his wife uh, loves pets and does a lot with North Shore Animal League. And they call each other Sweet Love. So we have this whole category called Sweet Love for Pets. And we're donating some of the proceeds to uh, the charity. And they have these little puppy charms and little cat charms, 98 bucks. Um, they look just like your own dog or your cat. And this way, if you wouldn't get her a dog or a cat, you can say, listen, I'm starting you with this. Here's a nice little dog you can carry with you all the time and have wear. <laughs> all right. You're good, man. You're good. Um, you're giving me some tough ones. All right. I'm trying. How about, uh, let's see, you're seen kissing another woman on the kiss cam at the uh, at the NBA or NHL game? Oh, man. 
man, you are tough. Well, you asked I for would it. say I would use the I would use the old Chris Rocks or, or, or Eddie Murphy thing. I say I kissed her, but I love you. So <laughs> right. I give her kiss me diamond heart earrings and uh, <laughs> remind her how much you love her. That you just happened to kiss her. It was an accident. I don't know how. Okay. <laughs> um, how about you called your wife or your girl by someone else's name uh, during uh, hibbity dibbity? Yikes, that's a really, really bad mistake. That calls for diamonds, really, Ooh, really yeah. big diamonds. Any type of big diamond, because you're going to have to make her forget. And that's that's a tough one. Okay. And this is, all, this is the, the last one here. Your girlfriend's right. best friend, girlfriend's BFF, found right. your profile on Tinder and showed it to her. Oof. Well, <laughs> I would tell her it's an old profile, and it was something that happened before you met her, and then pull out a nice pair of diamond studs. And diamond studs make up for a lot. And, like I was telling you earlier, our diamond studs all have a, a lifetime guarantee and lifetime upgrade. So you could trade it in, any diamond, uh, like there's a diamond engagement ring, a diamond stud, a diamond earring. Uh, you can trade in and get exactly what you paid for it. Unlike an iPhone. Let's say you got a new iPhone next year and you spend seven, 800 bucks for it, and now the new one comes out, it's worth 40 bucks. Our diamond studs are always worth what you pay for them. And this way you can remind her every year that you love her and forget the old profile. See, you're not only like one of the world's best jewelers, you're becoming kind of a dear Abby now. We could do I'm like a therapist. You kidding me? You Listen, really, there's really only are. a couple of reasons why you buy jewelry. <laughs> one is because you're, you really want to get with this girl, right? Right. And, um, and it's a show of affection, a sign of your love. But really, guys buy jewelry because they want to get laid. This is the whole, this is the whole thing, right? right? And if you do it right and you take care of your women and you treat them nice, and I'm teasing obviously a little bit, but you know, treat them with respect and everything like that, um, this is a great way to say I love you every day. And you get credit for it all year round, whether it's a $59 rose or a $5,900 uh, diamond ring or a anywhere in between. Well, Stephen, like I said, man, I hate Stephen Singer uh, is the dot uh, com is the website. I don't hate Stephen Singer. So in fact, I really enjoy uh, working with you. I enjoy uh, reading the reading your ads and uh, answering all the great questions that people are asking about all your cool stuff. So I appreciate you coming on today, and I look forward to working together for for a long time. Oh, me too. And thanks again for doing everything. We're just absolutely delighted to partner with you. I'm thrilled that you're giving some of the listeners uh, some gold dip roses. And let's keep it going, pal. Congratulations. I'm honored to be with a six-time world champion, somebody with your following. Man, oh, man, it's the greatest. We're honored and thrilled. All right, Stephen, thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks again to Steven Singer. And like I mentioned, we're going to give away 12 more of those gold-dipped red roses for Valentine's Day. I'll give you the details on how you can score a free Steven Singer rose coming up later in the show and if you're not one of the lucky winners you can order the 24 karat gold dip rose at ihatestevensinger.com the roses are an amazing valentine's gift your valentine will love them because they're not going to wilt or die and you don't need to water them they'll literally last forever and the best part is the roses start at just 59 dollars. okay and for that price you get your own personalized love note steven singer's signature gift box and free i said free i said free shipping all right 59 bucks for all that and free shipping and the gold dip roses come in a bunch of the colors so now you've got a go-to gift for any special occasion her birthday her anniversary mother's day whatever it may be you can build her an entire bouquet of gold dip roses we've got two in our house right now 
Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com now and order for Valentine's Day. That's IHateStevenSinger.com, spelled just like it sounds, Stephen with a V. IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. This is a gift she's going to cherish forever. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com now and make your lover happy. All right, so um, we've been talking about doing this for a while. It's uh, Three Days Grace here. And here's something, a little bit of trivia. The entire band is here, and the only other time I had the whole band was Living Color. Oh, yeah? Oh, wow. Yeah, huh. so it's you guys and Living Color going to the full lineup That's awesome. of the fame. Yeah. We, played, we played with them not too long ago. They did were, you really? They were awesome. Where did you play oh, with yeah. them? Oh, uh, yeah. We were Shiprocked. Yeah, was it? We did shiprocked. Oh, oh yeah, the guitar player. What's his we're name? Vernon. He's incredible. Ago, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're cool guys. So, yeah, yeah so we have the same vibe. And here's something that I want to bring up right off the bat which is just blows my mind. The most number ones in rock radio history, Three Days Grace. <laughs> just still, beating yeah, Van Halen. Van Halen. Yeah, it's it's still, a little rock band called Van Halen. Yeah, it's pretty surreal. They, they still fly private, though, and we fly, we fly <laughs> public. You fly bus. <laughs> yes. We, <laughs> <to> bus. <laughs> no, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty, pretty surreal. You know? like we, we don't get too wrapped up in, uh, in statistics and that, uh, but like, that one was, was pretty special. It, for us, it just means it's, it's really... Uh, we it's kind of it's an homage to the fans and the industry for supporting us on this crazy journey you know what i mean is it something that you guys had known about like okay guys you know like someone told me that we have 12 and van halen has 13 did you know about this yeah yeah and, and in fact uh our our radio department kind of got bummed out when the avenged sevenfold tour didn't happen because right. m shadows kind of had to get he i guess he had to get some throat surgery uh, but that was so we were just dropping a single and that that was the one that ended up breaking the record what song was it uh, it was infrared, infrared off yeah. the new album but uh it was uh it was one of those things where we're like what? radio department's like what do you mean you're not going to be on tour for the next two months we're like uh no <laughs> so matt and i actually we went down to, because we had time off we went down to africa on like a humanitarian trip right. so so we were down in africa actually when we heard the news so it was kind of like it's it was like, oh my! We just set this great record, and then you look up, and we're looking at mud huts. <laughs> just like it was pretty humbling. You're pretty making it sound, and we'll get into that. But you're making it sound like you guys went on a rate, like a radio tour of Africa or yeah, something. No, no, guys, you got to hit the African markets yeah. to get that going. We but, did play acoustic for many children. For, oh yeah, yeah for many children out there. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just talk about that quickly. I mean, you guys just mentioned just uh, nonchalantly that you went to Africa to look at mud huts. Like, tell me the story about how that even transpired, and what were you doing there? Uh, well, we have a friend who uh, it works for like a humanitarian organization, and uh, so he goes on a lot of trips and kind of raises awareness. And his job at the company is kind of just to do like musical partnerships with uh, with with bands and st- people with an audience and stuff to kind of get the word out on some of the challenges that they're, they're that they have down there. And so initially, this this tour that we're on right now, we're actually uh, this Canadian tour we're, that we're all on. The dollar from every ticket is going to like a water project that we're embarking on. Um, so it started with that, and then when the Event Sevenfold tour got canceled, um, uh, my buddy Mike, who, who works there, kind of said, "How would you like to take it to a next level and actually go, we'll go down to Africa and we can see it with our own eyes what's really going on?" So we jumped at the chance, went down there, and just kind of toured around and just, like I said, just looked at, just kind of saw firsthand some of the challenges that they're facing, like you know, no access to fresh drinking water, the average person walk six kilometers uh, to get water down there and then there's a lot of child protection issues and stuff just just things that we would you can't even fathom until you see it with your own eyes and you're actually there so um so we got to kind of really go down and, and and check it out and then we came back like totally inspired to 
to do something, you know, to try to raise raise some money and raise some awareness and try to make a little bit of a difference, you know, like you can put in a well down there for like twenty grand that'll that'll like service a thousand people. <laughs> it's like crazy that these little moves and so, you know, we we're fortunate to have the audience and Yeah. And we met a guy that like he travels like all day to go get water with donkeys and in, in a it, like it's crazy like his whole day just to fill up water just to get the water for for the people so where are you guys going to like what part of africa were you in we were in kenya okay yeah, yeah we went all to to small towns and yeah visited people like, do people have any idea like do they tell like these are american musicians or is just here's some white guys coming to they knew that kind of like we were with the, this trip was with World Vision, so they kind of oh, would, right, would right. they'd see the trucks and they kind of they were actually quite friendly for the most part because they they knew that we were there trying to trying to help out you know mm -hmm. and uh, uh, but one thing that was like super cool was that like there was no hopelessness down there at all it wasn't like people were down and out and miserable it's like they're waking up and like Matt said like his he's going to get water with his with a donkey and a cart for fourteen hours that is his day that he wakes up and he does what he's has to do and, and just to survive you know and yeah and the same guy he sits up in a tree for like for hours on the day watching to see if like what was it like, baboon, he had there's a season in the crop in the, like when he you know he grows his crops he grows tomatoes and watermelons and stuff and um for two months from the time the sun rises till the time sun sets he sits in a tree to overlook his crops to fend off the baboons like just stuff. Like, yeah. Stuff so I gave him my sunglasses. Up. Like, well, here's some shades for the day. Like, if you're sitting up there, man. What is it like when you give him sunglasses? For example, do they know what a sunglass is? Yeah. Oh, they they're so grateful. Like, are they that are they that like primitive though? Like, do they like what is? Well, sunglasses? we they, we were we we were basically in areas that were like extremely impoverished. Like gotcha. people living in like I said like mud huts and and like just they have nothing. Yeah. So we uh, we took like a hockey bag full of, like soccer balls and. We went to like the, the the dollar rack at Walmart and just like filled it up with shoes and stuff like that. And yeah. I we gave a, a teacher like they were using they had, like soccer's pretty popular down there and they were using a ball made up of like wrapped up pieces of tire. And uh, so we gave them a we gave the teacher a seven dollar uh, soccer ball and like. I noticed him like later, like in the day, like he was kissing the soccer ball. Like we finally have a soccer ball. It's like just crazy stuff, man. You know, it's it was a big reset button for us to come back. It's humbling, and you know, it puts perspective on things, doesn't it? You know, we, we start off the conversation with fourteen number ones, and then we're talking about guys playing soccer with wrapped up, you know, tires. Yeah. It's, it's the two sides of the coin. Did you guys play for them? Yeah, we did. We played for a, a bunch of different schools and. Uh, also, some communi communities, uh, they like we'd show up and they'd do like the song and dance for us, and then we'd play awesome. a, a few songs for them. So it's like just like showing each other the culture right, right, of, right. of yeah. Was it was it your songs that you played? Yeah, we played a few covers yeah. too. The uh, the one that went over the best uh, was "If You're Happy and You Know It." <laughs> like it went over so what well. we might add it to the three days grace set because it was a it was hot down there they couldn't get enough of it man i just did uh that cruise where matt and i were talking last night the jericho cruise and Corey taylor played an acoustic set and the one that tore the house down was uh spongebob squarepants no everyone knows it spongebob squarepants ah! was bringing it down do you want a beautiful lawn Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. 
You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, Barry and, and, and Brad, on the other side here, you mentioned the the uh, Avenged Sevenfold Tour, and I just wanted to, just curiously, you guys have this big tour booked, and it was basically arenas or you know, maybe even the sheds, and it gets canceled because Matt uh, Shadows got sick with his throat and all that stuff. Does that screw up like a whole year's worth of touring plans? Does it, does it financially hurt? Like, how does that work for you guys? Yeah, we... we- Oh, I mean, we were kind of bummed because, um, you know, it, it was the summer and it was our first tour getting going on this record, really. Mm. So it was kind of, uh, you know, when it when it got shut down. At the same time, it is summer, so right. we thought, well, if there's a time so to have a little break, it was cool. But yeah, but it sort of uh, gave us a slow start, you know. So How much time did you guys have, uh, like, knowing that the tour was getting canceled? Uh, not much. I think it was, like, within a few days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we had wow. seven weeks off. But yeah. it's funny because we had a conversation about two weeks before that, and uh, we were talking about cancellation insurance. You know, because now, you know, we never used to take cancellation insurance. It's like, we're, we're doing this. Let's do it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're like, nah, nah, we don't need that. You know, it's it's good to go. And <laughs> two weeks later, <laughs> cancel. <laughs> we're like, oh, no. use it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's amazing. Too, just thinking about that, you know, the fact that you guys were—I think it was the first of three behind Prophets of Rage, which is basically yeah. Rage Against the Machine and Avenge. And this is once again, you guys are a huge band and going on first for these other two even bigger bands. Yeah. You know, the two sides of the coin. How is that for you guys? Because I'm assuming you'd probably get 30 minutes to do the set. Yeah, is that what it you guys probably would have been a long set, but you know, we figured there's going to be 25,000 people every night and um, you know, it was a great great lineup, great tour in the summer, you know, it'd be good yeah. exposure. And it's a good start, you know, we, we were just uh, that that would have been the first tour off of this record, so mm-hmm. we thought it'd be a good start, but you know, things happen for happens, a reason yeah, and, yeah. and whatever, yeah. Um, and talking about things happening, I wanted to talk about this, you know, when 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 your original singer Adam left, now Matt is in the band and Matt is Brad's younger brother. Mm-hmm. So was this like your first choice? Like, oh, I, like, this is the guy or how did that work? He was the only choice. It's been six years. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's a lo- you know what's yeah. funny is we played a show with you guys in Hartford right after there was That's like right. a big school shooting or that something like that. That was the last show. show. And I, that was the last show because I took a picture with him and maybe I think you were in a tube yeah. rat or something. And I yeah. just, somebody had posted that and I was like, I think that was his last yeah. show. You know, like looking back now, it's like, you know, sometimes I do believe in fate and stuff like that. Sure. And uh, it was inevitable. And, and But like now looking back, it's just like, I think because I, I found out and then I called you Brad called and he was having sushi with him. Yeah. And, and the fir- it was just like this, like, what are you doing the rest of your life? <laughs> yeah, it was very strange because it's like weird, yeah. we didn't like hang out too, too much like no. and we didn't have dinner well, you were busy with my darkest day and you're busy with yeah. this band and yeah. uh we were just like out of the out of the blue just having sushi and he got the call and yeah. i was like oh you better get your singing shoes on i'm like what are you talking about man <laughs> how was that for you though because my darkest day had had some steam as well yeah like we were just starting to write our third record mm-hmm. um but uh you know, I already knew the songs, and uh, it was nerve-wracking for sure. But uh, I just went in the basement. Like uh, about a week later, I had about seven weeks to to learn the set. And uh, the first show was in front of eight thousand people in an arena, 
and uh, <laughs> we haven't looked back really was it hard for you to tell though you tell your guys that like hey man something's come uh, up um yeah at first it was just like filling kind of filling in and then uh i i think they, they came out to a show and saw the show yeah and i think like all of them like knew uh, it's a natural fit yeah they, they they knew by the end of the show that that was the way it was yeah. so i remember we saw you guys at el paso at the street festival oh, remember yeah. that one yeah yeah and that was when you were in the band right. man. i think it was just maybe six months later yeah. or something like that so it was a pretty quick changeover yeah. it's yeah. always been like he's always been right there though because even i mean when we were you know brad and i've been playing together since we were 15 years old and uh basically um you know matt a little younger he was kind of that kid playing with hot wheels over in the corner but <laughs> yeah. you know and then uh, and then fast forward a little bit um when we were making our first album in 2002 you know matt he's a great songwriter so he had some cool riffs and so he actually co-wrote on the first three days grace oh, album okay. you know so there's always it's always been at arm's length you know uh-huh. yeah what was it like like for for you as the as the older brother and now your younger brother's like the lead singer. I think it's awesome. You know, yeah. Matt, uh, you picked up a guitar early. You know, I think once you saw us jamming, you know, in the basement, you always had a guitar in your hand. And we recorded his first demo. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Never got paid for that. No, did we? we didn't. No, <laughs> no, no. We're what, still. How old is he in the first demo? It would have been. 14 yeah maybe 13, i had a task like cam four track yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah just volunteering my engineering time of course yeah. what was the song called do you remember oh I, I can't even remember it was just a riff yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so when, when you guys this is pretty crazy that you guys you mentioned that you guys have been playing together since you were 15 years old so this is one of those times when you guys were getting together in the basement and wanting to be rock and oh, roll yeah. stars and well it was like you it was are. one of those things like I I joined the football team and I just rode the pine. They wouldn't play me, so I I wasn't gonna get girls that way. I don't know how to wrestle, um, and uh, so I was like, I got to do something here to be cool. So uh, so it was like the literally grade nine, like right out of the gate. As soon as I got to high school, I'm like, I got to form a band here. Yeah. <laughs> so was he just in your class? No. Just- so uh, Neil and Adam met first at, at Adam Scott and Peterborough. Yeah. And Adam moved to Norwood, joined our ball team. And he was kind of, you know, the new guy, right? And the first thing he asked me, he says, uh, do you smoke? I was like, no, I don't smoke. Do you play guitar? No. It's like, well, you should get a bass and let's have a cigarette. So we, <laughs> <laughs> we started uh, smoking and playing and, and uh, yeah, that was it. It's always, I remember I was walking through a field when I was about 14 years old and there was a guy walking towards me and uh, I had a Metallica Master of Puppets shirt on and he's like, hey, you like Metallica? Yeah. You like beer? Yeah. Let's be friends. <laughs> and we're still friends to this day. <laughs> That's amazing. That's all you need, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's so, so, I mean, when you're talking about coming, especially coming from Canada as well, and there's a great rock and roll tradition in Canada, but people uh, outside of Canada look at us kind of weirdly sometimes. There's a little bit of a, of a culture shock. Even when you just said grade nine, no one ever says that right. in the States. It's the right, ninth right. grade or it's a uh, freshman, yeah. <laughs> which still I don't understand. Freshman, junior, sophomore, senior. Yeah. How is the junior? No, how's the, how's the freshman lower than the, than, than the junior? I know. Yeah. The junior is the lowest, right? Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So how was it for you guys when you first started cracking the U.S. market? Because as we know, there's a lot of Canadian bands mm. that never really did that. 
we got some advice early on uh, to to sign to an American label. So mm. we we sort of uh, we had a Canadian label that was like sort of courting us, and but then there we kind of wanted their American counterpart to be involved. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, J we signed with Jive Records originally, which pe at first people thought we were crazy because they're like, "What do you mean you're signing to Britney Spears and Insyncs and Backstreet Boys label?" And then we got thinking like, "Wait a minute, they're they're looking to leap into rock and roll." And we're going to be the priority. So, yeah, so yeah. we were like, yeah, no, this. And they obviously had a few bucks. <laughs> Those mm. artists kicked up a bit of dust. Um, and uh, so they actually drove up from New York in a snowstorm, actually. And that's when we th we knew they were pretty serious. And they went to they came to our hometown of Peterborough and saw us play there. Peterborough then, Pete's. Yeah, man. That's right, man. And then they tabled an offer, and uh, so we signed to straight out of New York City. So that was that was kind of that helped us kind of. You know. but, just, but just the thing you said, yeah, you know, we decided to sign with America. Like a lot of bands don't have the choice. Yeah. Like yeah. you guys obviously had a little bit of a, of a bidding war going on because of your bit. demos or what was it? Yeah, we, well, we met Gavin Brown in Toronto and we uh, started recording demos and we wrote like Hate, I Hate Everything About You, Home. Uh, so we had like half of the record done, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. that, and uh, I think everybody obviously loved I Hate Everything About You. And yeah, um, yeah there was a bit of... Uh, of a bid there yeah with them yeah everything was kind of lukewarm until you know we wrote i hate everything about you yeah. at like four in the morning in a studio and trying as soon as as soon as we had that demo it was just like everything kind of came together people were like there there's your first single right there but you guys have a, have a great fan base like worldwide you know you're telling me you guys just came back from europe and in russia and then you know last night you were talking about all the different places you played just in quebec the province itself like trois rivieres all these different places like is there certain areas of the world that are that are better for you guys yeah for sure i think uh well just recently we started going to europe you know and it's kind of when matt joined the, the band yeah and, and and now it's just it just keeps building and building every time we go there it's just more people for and europe yeah. yeah for europe and uh the first time we went to russia we were like we didn't know what to no. expect and then all of a sudden we show up and there's tons of people and people waiting for us at the the airports and uh hotel lobbies ho they, f so they know every Everywhere. place so like they'll be waiting like you'll be eating bacon and eggs being filmed by your fans like how do they know <laughs> I don't I know. No we either have a mole on the road with us or they just know. <laughs> Barry's making a few calls before every show. We're going to be here. So what's it like? Tell, tell us about Russia and the rock and roll scene because I always think back to the uh, famous Iron Maiden behind the Iron Curtain when it was the first time a, a rock band went to be there and they were just like, Iron Maiden, we love you. It's so great. Like, is it still that vibe or is it... Is it, is it May I embrace you and make selfie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very passionate. I think... You know, like over here, we get a lot of music. Mm -hmm. There's so much of it, and they don't get as much over there. So I think when any time a band comes in, they hmm. they just attach to it. But what's interesting about them, they'll they'll learn everything about you too. Huh? They'll go on the social medias, and they'll they hmm. really, you know, don't just listen to your music. They're really passionate about you as people too, and they want to know everything. And so is is cool. most of the music there like bootlegged? Is there record labels there? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. How how do you get booked in Russia? I guess is what I'm asking. Um, I think that they're just, I mean, like everywhere else in the world, I mean, they're just so connected social media that just, uh, you know, social media really broke down the borders everywhere. Um, there's a, there's a site that not a lot of people are aware of. And I would tell bands, like if you want to start your career in Eastern Europe, you need to know about VK.com, which is basically like Eastern Europe's version of, of Facebook. And so we, we went over there at the first for the first time. We're like, man, like we got a career over here. This is huge. Like we first time we went to Moscow, we sold like eight thousand tickets. What? Yeah, it was wow. not. It was crazy. And then so, 
the promoter was like, uh, you know, you guys should be on this VK.com. We're like, well, what is that? And she's like, well, no, you need to be, a, you need, you need to know about it. And uh, the Moscow show, she introduced us to this guy, brought him back. She, he's like, this is, this is your community team leader who kind of is just a big fan who created Three Days Grace community page on VK. We're like, oh yeah, cool. They're like, she's like, no, no, it has a hundred thousand members. We're like, excuse me, like so then, so then he made us administrator. We made profiles on it, and he made us administrators. And so suddenly, we just went on with like, hey fans, we're here, and it just like it literally launched our career over there. You're kidding me. Yeah. So what 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 is it? It's like a VK.com. It's like it's, it's Facebook. like Facebook, yeah. but uh, another thing that on VK, I think you can you can download music too. And it saves to your profile, mm -hmm. yeah. so I, I think that's how people are sharing the music and, mm. and actually having it. I don't know. That's quite legal. I think there's no, like there's lawsuits that. going on about yeah. that, but um. but still, like whatever it takes to like like I've never heard of this before, and I've been around the world. There's so probably a Chris Jericho fan site on there that you don't even know. About. Yeah. <laughs> you have to check that out. See, but that's that's the way of the world now. Is is how do people access your music? And there's web uh, lawsuits, whatever, but. Does it really matter? Because, you know, like you said, if you're going over and selling that many tickets, yeah. it's obviously helping. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, because you guys started in 2003, which was kind of just the end of the record selling days. You know, uh, was it a weird transition for you guys to have to deal with that? Uh, it was kind of the Wild West a little bit because we had an old school record deal, that which didn't cover like the world of streaming, you know, so we kind of had to like do a little just make sure that we weren't like just giving stuff away, you know? Right. Uh, but for us, it's, you know, it hasn't, it's, it's affected us more positively than negatively. Just in the fact of uh, like, like they were saying, like we can go to Eastern Siberia and like the major language barrier, but they know every single lyric to every song, you know what I mean? Like the, the passion of the fans, uh, you know, creates a nice healthy career regardless of sure. how they're consuming the music, you know, and it's gotten a lot better. It's not really a free for all anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what's the food like in Russia? Like, what are the conditions like there? It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Really? So there's no uh, GMOs right. the, allowed there. So everything's so fresh. It's like hormones or whatever, like GMOs, like the... Genetically modified food. Okay, so gotcha. Like, um, like Monsanto stuff, right? Like Yeah, like preservatives. Very and clean, very fresh. Yeah, hmm. your bread's like... They yeah. use like cane sugar instead it's of crazy. high fructose. High fructose corn syrup. So yeah, <laughs> there's a soup called borscht that's borscht. really good. Borscht, yeah. yeah they put course. dill in everything. Though. That's the only thing. Like. Borscht is beet soup because yeah. I'm Ukrainian, yes. so I know the borscht. Yeah, yeah. 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 Beet soup, yeah. Uh, and even like the fans knew know that I like borscht. So uh, one fan gave me instant borscht, <laughs> and I brought it home and actually made borscht the other night. <laughs> it was good. Really? Instant borscht. What, what, what Canadians are we, right? Yeah. <laughs> instant, instant borscht. borscht. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Who were some of the some of the some of your favorite tours that you had over the years? Who were some of the big bigger bands that you went out that you I went think, out with? Uh, well, early on, I think Nickelback. We must have done five hundred shows with them. Yeah, know, we went to Australia with them. We did North America and 
over and over and over. And they were, you know, we kind of learned a lot from them. You know, they... Uh, kind of stuff did you learn well you know chad took us under his wing a lot you know and first of all what a great guy i know right and gets yeah. a, a bum rap for whatever reason oh, he's amazing because they're amazing. so popular whatever yeah. but he's a great guy yeah absolutely yeah. and it's funny you know in the early days the first record he'd always come right after his set knocking on our door you boys ready to go let's go have, let's go have a drink you know every <laughs> yeah. night <laughs> yeah. total yeah. drum heller drinker yeah, yeah. yeah. whatever he's from yeah it was, it's, that was a big one i yeah. think for what kind of stuff did you said they taught he taught you stuff well, they, you know, at the time they were, they were playing big show stuff, right? They had pyro and, you know, all this production and just like, wow, you know, it, mm -hmm. well-oiled machine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was very cool to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, highlight was we, we got the phone call to open for the rolling stones what we, yeah we did yeah. two shows with the stones uh in saskatchewan at taylor field holy like smokes Fifty thousand people a night and then uh it was pretty cool it was a it was a show and then a day off and the day off their crew they have like 200 crew members yeah. or something decided to throw a party at this banquet hall and uh they invited us to it yeah. some of some of the guys we had our some of us had our moms out and stuff like that because it was the stones after yeah, all yeah yeah so, uh, so we all go to this party and the moms are there and everything. And uh, sure enough, the stones roll in, all four of them just rolling in. Like, and Mick, Mick Jagger's kind of always dancing. He's <laughs> just always kind of dancing. And like, you just see him and he, he rolled right up to us and was just like, great show last night, boys. How about that full moon? You know, we watched the show. It was just like, holy shit. And then he'd kind of saunter back onto the dance floor a little bit. And you'd just see the moms kind of like gravitate over trying to dance with Mick. And then Mick would kind of back off the dance floor and then the moms would scatter off the dance floor. Yeah, it, was, it was funny. He'd leave the dance floor, then go to the bar. The dance floor would empty. All the ladies would follow him and go back to the dance floor. I just love the, the a concept that he's always dancing. Oh yeah. Like, I guess all I'm seeing yeah. now. Yeah. That's insane. How did you get the call to open for the stones? I think they just wanted like, they wanted, you know, the older people to bring, to have a band where like they, the parents would bring the kids, you know, and we had we've always had a pretty young fan base and stuff. So I think that they just wanted to kind of cover cover both ground. They they did. Uh, I heard a crazy number. They they did like over the because they their merch. They come in a week before the show, and then they have merch a week after the show. So there's like merch. They did something like five million dollars yeah, in like merch. Store. <laughs> cool, right? Yeah, you could buy anything from like the lips that lit up all the way to like the two thousand dollar leather jacket. <laughs> it's amazing to me when when you see that sort of stuff. Like they they just announced their new tour this summer in the states, but there's like a show, then like four days off, then a show, then like two days off. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but there must be. There must be a reason for it. Like you said, maybe that's where they're setting up the merch for four days in LA or something or whatever it may be. That's crazy though. What a what what an amazing experience. They have like three stages. So there's yeah. one stage that's up ready to go, one's going up and one's being torn down. Mm -hmm. And it's like yeah. just massive. How was it for you, Matt, when when you when you came into the band and coming, you know, with, with my darkest day, but then Three Days Grace is so much bigger and now you're kind of commanding arena crowds. Because you're 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 a great frontman, you've got that vibe to it. Was it something you took to instantly, or was it a little bit nerve wracking at first? It was very nerve wracking at first, but I feel like I've uh, come out of my shell. Um, in my old band, I had a guitar the whole time, and uh, usually my guitar player would speak because he was really loud and right. he, he was really good at that. But uh, you know, it's made me come out of my shell and and make people get up and have fun and mm. yeah. Because you don't really play too much guitar. No, set, right? no, no. But when I was younger, I used to run around and freak out and like just like, like I, I was a big fan of Billy Talent and like he's just a maniac on stage. So I think I, I, I've come into that too, and just like let go and freak out up there. 
Do you guys ever get any like family fights? Or that, do you have that vibe at all? No, I mean we have our moments for sure. We'll tell it's brothers are brothers, yeah, right? Brothers are brothers. There's always a day where you want to punch each other, but <laughs> it gets uh, it gets resolved pretty fast. I just sit and stare at you when yeah, you're and mad. That, that pisses that me off. That makes you even more. He trains mad. MMA too, so oh, they they have like a, a agreement of mutual destruction. I think. But he's really strong. <laughs> well, he's the older got, brother. I still too, got right? the old man strength on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did your What did your parents say when you told them you're bringing him in the band? I think my mom was happy because she worries a lot about us. You know, when we're on the road, she's like, you, you can take care of each other now. Like, <laughs> I know. And it's, it's been great, man. You know, it's, it's an awesome feeling. And he's been a brother to this band, this whole band for, mm. for, for the whole you know, time. So, Was uh, there ever any, um, not backlash, but, but your fans, did they accept you right away? Was it oh a little bit God, of a grace no. period? Well, no pun intended. You know, I mean, was there a three days grace period? Oh, there was some. There was a lot of trolls, you know, right off the top. It was bad, you know, and we and we we got sucked into it a little bit, you know, trying to stay. We read a lot of that crap. Yeah, there's shit. always trolls. Yeah, no matter what yeah. you do, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I didn't really have to deal with it before in, in my old band. I, I never really had too many trolls mm-hmm. online. So then when I when I joined this, I was looking at Facebook a lot and like oh, yeah. reading it like. I wish Matt would die. It's like <laughs> I know you really want me to die. Like you really, you physically want me to leave this planet, right? Yeah, there's some stuff like oh, that, and bad. it's like really like. So after a while, I just I had to stop paying attention yeah, to it and just it stopped. It's not well, there anymore. Four yeah, num- four number ones uh, silenced yeah. quite a few of those well, yeah, trolls. Yeah. <laughs> but you, if you're gonna go into that world, you have to have thick skin, you know, especially yeah. for something like that. Oh, and I I didn't. Uh, you know, I, I think didn't. you lost like what twenty five pounds or yeah, something. I got crazy. down to one hundred and thirty five pounds. You're on a strict diet of uh, bananas and panic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You really lost that much weight? Yeah, yeah I was really... about 160, and I got down to like 135. Just from nerves or just from just, yeah, the yeah. stress? Stress, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I always laugh at that, though. Like, you know, a fan, it's like when um, when Axel came in to sing for ACDC, and so many people were complaining. And like, would you rather them just not play anymore? Just stop? Yeah. Is that, is that, would that make you happy? Okay, yeah. like if Three Days Grace just is done now? It's not like you had a choice. Either you continue on or you don't. Right. Well, and there was also the side that were thanking us, you know, for mm-hmm. keeping this journey going. And you know, I think that there was more of them than the trolls. But uh, yeah, when those people go away, or actually, yeah. what happens most of the time is they'll complain, bitch about it, and then go buy your new record and exactly. go to your show anyways. <laughs> exactly. That's just the way it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, know? you mentioned uh, Billy Talent. Let's talk a little bit about Canadian bands that 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 people in the states might not know about, because Billy Talent is a band that. I don't think a lot of of Americans know them. We are big fans of Finger Eleven too. And wow, so, what's his yeah, name? Rick. Rick and uh, what's his name? Rick, James. What's his Rick Jacket? I know he's that Rick Jacket. We were heavily influenced by those guys. That's probably our biggest influence. Like, really? Absolutely. Yeah. When we first started, we just wanted to be Finger Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> like their the record, their first record, Tip, uh-huh. is I think that record represents our biggest uh, influence i think mm-hmm. if you were to put it on put it on one album yeah yeah i was I a big we... fan of rainbow butt monkeys too <laughs> yeah they were good man rainbow butt monkeys the so early that was... that was finger 11 oh was it yeah. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's interesting cuz like i said do they still gig are they are they playing still cuz so. they they had a little bit of a little bit of steam in the states yeah. well they had they actually had two number ones at top 40 really number ones at, I yeah i hear the one riff in my one, head one thing was the ballad and then there was uh, Par- Paralyzer, yeah, but I think those two songs, like they're a pretty heavy band, and I think that those two songs kind of just maybe did, like weren't 
accurate representations of what the band really was. So I don't know if maybe like they just didn't jump, you know, didn't really jump into rock or was top 40 and wasn't, was kind of somewhere in the middle, but they're an amazing band. Wow. To get to number one too, that's that's something that like when when we this Judas record first came out, and a lot of people say like a oh, rock radio is dead, it doesn't matter, and it's like you realize oh, it matters, it yeah. still makes such a difference, and to actually get a top ten or to get a number one, that's a completely different world, and that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't get that in this day and age you oh know? for sure you just realize yeah the competition out there like everybody how many bands yeah. are hungry to to do what we get to do every day you know like that's we never take that for granted because first of all you got to write a song that's engaging and compelling and honest and believable right like that's not that the listener goes wow i can really hear my life in that story right, right, or whatever right, right, right. you know that's that's, that's really Great difficult point. thing to do you know it's it's e- it's easier to make something that's so complex that only you understand it yeah. right but reciprocally it's really hard to to make something where someone just goes i that moves me i feel something when they hear that and to that's the that's the that's the part that you know it never gets easy <laughs> you know so and to, that's step one and step two is actually getting the the spins yeah yeah you know i remember like when when whatever song we had got the top 10. It's like, okay, this song is top 10. And it's got 500 spins. And number one's got like 1,500. How do you get from 500 to 1,500? Right. Like that's the, yeah. like the, 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 the million dollar question. That's the challenge. You know? Yeah. What was your first number one with the band, Matt? Oh, I, um. Did you have a number one with Darkest Days? Yeah. You it, did? Porn Star Dancing yeah. was. You guys just throwing number ones around here like, like nothing. We should, be, we should be playing Porn Star, man. That's another number one. Don't, en- don't encourage him. Oh. <laughs> I know you should do it. Shut up, Jericho. Okay. I'll be quiet now. We could maybe play a part hey, of a little bit of it. Guns N' Roses played Slither this year at oh, concert. Oh, really? that's cool. You know, so yeah, really? says, yeah, a little velvet revolver there. That's pretty so cool, actually. If it's good enough for Axel, Neil, I'm just saying. <laughs> so so Darkest Days had a, had a... My Darkest Days had a number one. Yeah, yeah. What was it, was it called? Uh, Porn Star Dancing. And it oh featured uh, Zach Wilde okay. and uh, Chad from Nickelback. I just didn't recall that. And we also had Ludacris on it, so it was just like jam packed with like <laughs> chalk full of guests. Yeah, yeah. Really, that's yeah. interesting. If someone wants to see something very interesting, you should. Uh, his, his first single off his second record called "Casual Sex." Mm-hmm. Um, look up, listen to the <laughs> listeners. Look up the unedited version of the "Casual Sex" video, which features Ron Jeremy and a goat. And a bunch of naked chicks. <laughs> and a bunch of naked goats. Yeah. That's a great video. It is a great video. Wow. It was a good time. <laughs> With the goats or what? No, no, it wasn't just goats. <laughs> it wasn't just goats, no. Wow, I didn't I did realize that, that you guys had that much success. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny because uh, my keyboardist, my old keyboardist, he just had a kid. And, uh, like, when he grows up, he's going to watch that video and see his dad, like, sitting between, uh, with, with a girl, between Ron Jeremy, and Ron Jeremy's holding a goat, and he's making out with this girl, and then, <laughs> then Ron Jeremy's making out with the girl, it's like... <laughs> dad, what do you do? What is this? <laughs> like, that's my dad? Yeah. CGI, son. <laughs> Didn't uh, some of the guys lose their girlfriends over that video, did they? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You did? <laughs> Some of the guys, yeah. Yeah, on Wikipedia it says, like, uh, a lot of the band members went through a lot of uh, crap after this video. Some lost their girlfriends. And... <laughs> yeah, mine, mine left. Mine was the one. <laughs> what was your first number one with, uh, with Three Days? Uh, a song called Painkiller. Oh, 2014. Painkiller, yeah. yeah. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. 
So that must have been kind of cool for you guys. I was a little bit nervous, like to think, can we do it again? Yeah. Well, we had like that song came about pretty quickly after you joined. So as soon as we and, and then and then subsequently, I am machine. We kind of wrote it. We wrote it on the road, and we were like, let's just. We didn't have a re record ready, and we but we consulted with management. We're like, let's just record these songs and just drop them and just go boom. This is it, and then and see what happens, you know. And then when both of those songs went to number one, that that kind of like. We were like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and with those ones, you wrote those with Johnny Andrews, right? Yeah. Or Painkiller, yeah. at least, for sure. Yeah. 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 And I Machine. Yeah, we do a lot of co-writing with Johnny. As, as well, Johnny, as yeah, is the guy that we worked with on Judas. As a matter of fact, a couple times, Johnny, I was going to come in and do vocals. like, well, man, I got some writing sessions scheduled with Three Days Grace. And I was like, man tell him to wait i gotta finish this song well we, i gotta be honest when we first heard the song judas uh-huh i was like johnny yeah where, where the hell did you get where does that come from that should have been a three days grace song that's a great we're song. all arguing with each other now because elevator matt wrote that one which came from one band to the that's other to the other yeah, we're all arguing. like that's the thing it's like we're getting ready to go back in the studio with johnny and it's like yeah. does he have anything and it's like Johnny never has anything, but yet he's got all these snippets from, well, this band wrote that, yeah, this band yeah, wrote yeah. this, and yeah. it's like, just yeah, can, can we have them all? And you're probably thinking the same and the same. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, did you work with somebody like that before as far as having a, a co-writer? Yeah. yeah, we've always kind of collaborated, but it's just uh, bring, we'll bring one more person in just because we all co-write, like we all write the lyrics, we all play guitar. Most of the stuff comes together on either acoustic or just like a little keyboard and Everybody comes in with titles, like everybody's got a big bag of tricks and we kind of bust it all out and pick all the best ideas. And sometimes, yeah, like having another guy there who's his, he's there to write a song because otherwise we, we just start goofing off and we don't get anything done. And, you know, so, but we bring in a guy and it's like, okay, the task at hand is to write. Did he produce the record too? No, no, okay. we actually, we use two producers on this album. We use Gavin Brown and, and Howard Benson. Yeah. It's good to have somebody that kind of is the principal, though, that like, yeah. you know, like he, he whatever he says goes, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, because because if you don't have that, you know, musicians can tend to get up our own asses sometimes. Oh, yeah. Whereas if you have someone to say this is good, this is bad, yeah. it might hurt your feelings a bit, but it works. His his go to is uh, it's an interesting concept. I just can't picture three days grace doing it, <laughs> which also means it sucks. <laughs> It's a great idea, just not for Fozzie. That's the one I got. <laughs> um, when you're talking about uh, uh, musicianship, and I noticed uh, watching some of your set, Neil, that you play keyboards while you're drumming. Yeah, kind of in between. Yeah, like a lot, of, a lot of interlude stuff, you know. A lot yeah. of intros are kind of synthesized. I, I've always loved EDM, mm -hmm. so these guys allow me to kind of infuse the <laughs> band with a little bit of EDM stuff, like synthy elements and stuff. So uh, I want to reproduce it live, and I don't want to be like having it run automatically. So I just kind of pick my spots where I can kind of jump over to place play some organ oh cheers yeah. oh my son's cheers, cheers us buddy. here all right cheers, cheers buddy <laughs> that was nice he's having, yeah, a, nice pop. Little, uh, he's having nice... a pop over there yeah. got a pop yeah, yeah he's got a pop that's a yeah. canadian word nice pop, <laughs> pop. uh yeah it's kind of harkening back to the, the getty lee of playing bass singing and playing keyboards at the same time right it's like you're just shoving it in all of our faces yeah. right <laughs> thanks getty yeah thanks yeah. a lot shouldn't right? i be making double if i'm playing two instruments hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? We should talk about that. Yeah. I think we should talk about playing the the porn. Uh, what's this? <laughs> porn star dancing. Porn yeah. star dancing. Well, he's got the deal. porn stash to do I it right see, now. He's, dude, the first thing I saw when I when I saw you guys did in Moncton was it was Matt's stash. The flavor, the flavor saver. Jeez. <laughs> can't wait to shave this thing I off, man. And then he said November, and it makes me feel bad. Right. And with me and Brad here, don't yeah, I know. We didn't, we're not representing the cause. Oh, 
All the Russian girls have been uh, messaging. Matt, Matt, shave Please it. Please shave thing it. off your face. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. I've, I've got this business. Well, it's a, it'd, be, it'd be a non-profit charitable of initiative. Um, the January. <laughs> I, I actually... I, I went through a phase like late at night when I've had a few few wines that I'd go and go on GoDaddy and I'd buy a bunch of URLs just to have. So I actually own vejanuary.com. Oh, well, so we just have to figure out what it would be. It would be in support of like some sort of women's health issue, but well, then they don't shave for January. Oh, it's just like 70s bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it, it would completely kill the Caribbean <laughs> tourism industry because ain't nobody wearing a bikini <laughs> in vejanuary. <laughs> Around the world, guys are going, shut up, Sanderson. I just <laughs> Louise, what an idea. Club Med just goes out of business. <laughs> as, as we wind down here, I know we got we both got shows tonight, but um, who were some of your, your influences like like when you were when you were growing up as a bass player, as, as Canadian musicians, whatever it may be? <clears throat> were, you, were you a Rush guy, for example, Barry? Who were you yeah, into? I love Rush. I mean, uh, I'm Canadian. I got to love yeah, Rush, Yeah, you have right? to, right? <laughs> Did you ever play any shows with Rush at all? No, I've seen him a bunch of times, but yeah. no, I've never... Never had to do a show with them. I guess they don't really don't have opening bands anymore, do they? I guess they, they don't right? need it. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Who, who, who else were you into? Well, I had older brothers, and I was a little older than these guys, so I grew up on a lot of 70s stuff, mm. like Rainbow. Mm. It's one of my all-time favorite bands. Richie Blackmore. We were laughing the other night, actually, because I say Rainbow so much that the guys started having, okay, every, and I didn't realize they were doing it at first. <laughs> hey, every time Barry says Rainbow, you got a drink. And I see these guys like every... <laughs> By the end of the night, they're so hammered. Yeah. <laughs> what do you just? Do you, what would Rainbow do, or why are you saying Rainbow so much? Oh, just one of my favorite bands. So <laughs> later in the evening, like I don't talk a lot in the day, but you know, yeah. catch me about two a.m. Two a.m. You yeah. can't get a word in no. at all, and he tells the same story. Yeah, it's like oh. a, a skipping record that just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I put on, I just threw on some Rainbow, and then we were, and, and I went on, and uh, yeah, and, 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 uh, what's that guy from Rainbow? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you see that Richie did some shows last year uh, as Rainbow? Yeah, I did Remember? see that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never got to see them, but yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. That's cool though, because yeah. it was the, it was a drag when he just stopped playing rock guitar, like for, to play the mandolin or whatever the hell he was doing over the last yeah. twenty years. You know, who played? Uh, who sang? Uh, some guy from uh, Italy or something. It was basically a no-name guy. Huh. It's, but it's hard. You guys sing the Dio and sing, you know, Graham Bonnet and sing Joel Turner, Turner and all those different eras, right? So, right. how about you, Brad? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, we grew up writing music during like the whole grunge phase. So, mm -hmm. you know, bands like Alice in Chains and, and Nirvana and Soundgarden and, you know. Yeah, yeah those types. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. kind of, we, I remember we, on the Wolf, uh, in Peterborough, the Wolf 101.5 had the alternative route uh, every night. We used to tape it and then learn the songs and play <laughs> the songs. And, so that was a huge thing for us, you know, just learning the craft through, uh, through that, you know. Yeah. And whenever we say Peterborough, I just remember I mentioned this earlier, Peterborough Pete's and Sebastian Bach's brother. Oh, yeah. Used Zach. to be. And the then, goalie, yeah. Zach. Yeah, Zach. And they won the, what's the championship for the OHL? Um, whatever, the Turner Cup or whatever yeah. it is. Memorial Cup. Memorial Cup. And Sebastian jumps on the ice with those little skinny little shoes that he wears, yeah, little yeah. dress shoes with the pointed tips. And he's like slipping on the ice. Dude, you did it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Neil? Uh, I worship Tool and uh, everything that Maynard has ever done. Every you know, every project he's ever embarked in, and Danny Carey's my favorite drummer. Um, so yeah, I've I've just always been a total Tool freak. And uh, um, there's not a lot of Tool elements in Three Days Grace. Um, no, well, 
we are influenced by them just the, the chunky riffs and uh i my style i like to kind of like danny carey is like really articulate and sometimes he doesn't like overuse his symbols and hi-hats and stuff like that and i kind of cop that a little right. bit i try not to have like sloshy symbols going on all the time just it kind of cleans it up sometimes it makes it actually sound heavier when you when you close it up over heavy riff and stuff so um yeah um and like i have an older, older brother he's eight years older than me and i remember like you know, he always used to blast stuff in his room. And I just remember, you know, when he would play this one particular band, just it, the drums just sounded different. It was just like, it, it was, not, I don't know, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I loved it. And it was Zeppelin, you know, and, and just there's something about the, the groove. Uh, so I'm, I was always like big, yeah, big Zeppelin guy too. Big Bonham guy, right? hundred percent. No one's ever replicated that. No. Actually, Jason Bonham does pretty good with the, that Zeppelin yeah. experience that he has. I yeah. mean, obviously that's the guy. That's... There's something about the pocket, that mm -hmm. the way that he plays that, the relationship between the hi-hats and where the snare sits on, in the beat mm -hmm. that like, I don't think will ever be replicated. That's chemistry is a rhythm section. Like for you guys playing together for so long, mm -hmm. a lot of people, non-musicians might not pick that up, but it's so important to have that chemistry with your drummer and your bass player. Yeah. And yeah, sitting back on the beat makes stuff heavier, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're always kind of jumping ahead, mm -hmm. it it's, sounds more anxious. But if you sit back a little bit and with a slow, heavy riff, like I'm really into stoner rock, slow, slow, heavy, chunky stuff. I think mm -hmm. lot, we have a lot of slow, slow, heavy songs and that stuff kind of kicks my have ass. Have you ever heard King? Yeah. King? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're totally yeah. like that. Like, oh, yeah. We toured sure. with them quite a bit. They have that total yeah. vibe. I mean, I think Black Sabbath is the original stoner yeah, band, of course. you know? Yeah. 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 To this day. Yeah. Slow yeah. and heavy. How about you, Matt? I listened to a lot of the same stuff, Brad. They like The Doors and uh, Nirvana, mm -hmm. a lot of the grunge stuff. I got into Marilyn Manson big time when I was in high school. Yeah, it just yeah. made me feel uh, better about Teenage the awkward angst. time of yeah, being a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You used, to, you used to snort Ritalin, right, when you were a kid? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did. Did that have to anything to do Maybe with the awkwardness? Maybe I did. <laughs> yeah, the parents put me on Ritalin when I was young, and at one point I just started selling it to to, to kids at school. <laughs> there's just a little tidbit. Of there's your blabbermouth uh, headline yeah, right there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Did you guys? Um, uh, I I kind of really dig your stage gear. There's like some interesting elements to it. There's some like like dirt type stuff like your yeah. black streaks on your arms and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing very subtle stuff that a lot of people might not notice from the crowd but when you see it up close what's the influence of that well matt joined the band we we had a whole theme with like a post-apocalyptic kind of vibe and we just started like we had dirty pants and you know we, we everything was torn and ripped and we had makeup and we kind of went for it you know baby powder on all the shit and it was a time where a bunch of a lot of he like band like heavy bands were just like suit and tying it up like yeah. it was just a lot of suit and ties like going that. on in rock and roll and we were just like no <laughs> let's just go up dirty you can't <laughs> wear a suit and tie yeah so we kind of just kept it over you know matt does it every every show mm -hmm. it's just i don't know just yeah a it's, it's a cool it's a cool vibe you know yeah. it's superstitious kind of thing for yeah. me yeah, yeah. i have Good. to do it i just like you have to put like some makeup on or something yeah 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 or uh, i get like freaked out if i don't like it <laughs> it was funny the the when you came and sang elevator with us the first night you had a hat on and because we have people come up on stage for one of the songs i think yeah. some people thought it was someone else on stage singing and then they finally figured out it was him and then last night you took your hat off yeah came yeah on stage, and they like, freaked <laughs> out yeah yeah the first night they're like who's this douche with the <laughs> fu man shoe coming up here ruining fozzy's show <laughs> 
second that is like, ah! <laughs> well, uh, it's been a, a great, it's been a short tour of four shows, but what a great, uh, great time. And last night in Quebec, one of the best shows that we've ever had. So many people. It was just amazing. Yeah, that's a great one. Just like that's one of your strongholds is is the French Canadian market. It's probably one of the best in the world for us. Quebec. Hmm. We've been to Quebec more than anywhere else. I think. Yeah, yeah we're we're here three or four times a year. Just unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. They love. You it. never know why certain areas. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, just, like Quebec kind of does have like a European vibe where like yeah, they're very passionate about uh, the the message of the music. You know, so for a band like us where we write pretty emotional lyrics and stuff, I think that. Uh, there's that in the water here where they just mm-hmm. they want to know where that emotion comes from and they're just as passionate as we are about the music and stuff i mean that's like that everywhere but just particularly here is just more and it, maybe it's because english is the second language that mm-hmm. they really inspect the, the message and really get connected that way i think this is the same for places in europe where there is a language barrier but they they really want to learn what the words mean and then by doing that they kind of really engage and connect to the yeah 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 it's interesting too like even as, as a front man if you try and like speak french the outline or two is cool but they want to hear english yeah. you know if you go out there and spout pigeon french they'll be like eh. yeah yeah you know oh, yeah. we know you're not uh fluent yeah a few 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 words here and there and they yeah, dig yeah. it yeah Comment ça va? Yeah. bonjour yeah. merci that's about yeah, it that's about it yeah. <laughs> no more than that uh, two last things did you guys were you guys ever to the headstones Oh yeah, dude. what a great band! That oh, no yeah. one amazing. Actually, uh, Brad was on, t- or the, you guys were on tour with them, yeah. and I was turning fourteen, I think. Yeah. And you got my birthday card signed by the Headstones, right. and nice. uh, yeah. Hugh Dillon wrote, "Get your, get late this year, you little." F-. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. He was a badass. <laughs> man. He was. He used to feed. Yeah. He'd smoke a cigarette on stage and flick like, it into the crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like shit like that. Like just stuff you can never do yeah. that, right? Like just, Total yeah. punk. Just rock. hork on the front row. Hork. <laughs> this is a Canadian word, hork. <laughs> Hockaloog. There's, there's a couple. There's a couple words that people don't hork. Uh, par, do you guys know what a parkade is? No. That might be a Western Canadian a parking thing. lot. A parking garage. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Parkade. Don't know. Peelers. The peelers. The peelers. The ballet. Yeah. The ballet is a good one. The What's peelers. The, one? the ballet. The ballet. Yeah. Going to the ballet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rippers. Rippers. These are uh, uh, euphemisms for strippers, guys. Yeah. That Rippers. Yeah. Rippers and peelers. Yeah. Uh, rye and coke. A rye. Yeah. They don't rye have any coke. rye. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. right. There's lots of those type of Boxing Day. Oh yeah. This is a good one. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. Out going out for a rip. What are you doing? I'm just going out for a rip. I was walk. I was walking outside and I stepped in a puddle. And I, said, I just gave myself a soaker. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, soaker. Or just fucking well, just folding somebody. Yeah. Buddy just got folded. I just yeah, buddy just got tuned. Or buddy was buddy tuned. just got. Buddy just buddy. Buddy just got dummied in the snowbank. <laughs> Face washed in the snowbank. Uh, last question for you: What's your favorite song to play uh, live? I like, uh, Get Out Alive mm. from 1X. Yeah. That's the one? That's the one. Barry? Riot. I like Riot. Probably the best one. Is there a cool solo in that? Yeah, it's a cool riff. Yeah, it's yeah. It's fun. Killer. Crowd starts chanting it halfway through the show. They want to hear it. So <laughs> we hold out to the end. And I love your stage jacket, too, by the way. Oh, don't, don't get too close yeah. to it. Yeah, oh, does it smell? He, yeah, he washes yeah. it once every two yeah. years. Whether it needs it or not. It smells like a homeless guy. Like You know that homeless, like, pee, pee kind smell. of urine? Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, like when you I go to you go to a bank machine where like where, where like homeless people sleep. You know yeah. that smell. <laughs> yeah. After about a week of shows, the band I notice on stage, they they just stop coming anywhere near me. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's off. It's kind of off putting. Right. <laughs> What's your favorite, Neil? Um. What was the question again? Uh, uh, I'm on the What's your, what's your favorite there? smell of berries? Oh, <laughs> jacket. There's just such a plethora of, of, of smells. What's your um, favorite song to play live? Uh, right now, it's actually infrared. Uh, it's just got that heavy riff, and it's like it's the perfect jumper. Mm. So the whole crowd just gets jumping. Um, but I love playing Chalk Outline. That Chalk That's Outline is my too. favorite song that we've. How do you guys pick your set list if you have 14 number ones and you can only play like if you're opening for somebody, you can only do 10 songs or even your own set you just go do all the number ones and see you later or what pretty much well right now we're playing 22 songs so okay we just rock paper scissors yeah that's <laughs> that should be the name of your next single yeah, totally. i'll call johnny tonight yeah. <laughs> well it's a good idea yeah, just but... not for three days grace <laughs> what's your favorite matt uh mine's good life uh people just start freaking out and moshing that's yeah, about yeah. The, the third song in so is that a song from your era is nope, that, nope. That's the Adam era? Yep, yep. But uh, it's a jumper. Was there any anything that you had to do to, to, to sing those songs? I mean, obviously, you're singing in your way. But did you have to, is there any, was there any issues as far as like the melody lines of them or whatever? You could pretty much handle them all, no problem. Yeah, no, it, it was just uh, just putting my, my just touch on, on them, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. great, man. Well, dudes, what a great uh, couple nights it's been, and uh, and uh, we don't want to go home, so we're just going to follow you guys like deadheads now. Let's do it for the rest of the tour. <laughs> but thank you, boys, and thanks to your son for the uh, cheers. All right. There you go. What's his name again? His name's Jet. Jet, say something. Podcast he's debut got, right there. He's got, his, he's got a mouthful of carrots. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on that note... <laughs> All right, thanks to Three Days Grace. They're on the road with Disturbed uh, on the Evolution Tour, and they're at the Target Center in Minneapolis tonight, Friday, February 1st. That tour runs through March 8th. Just follow Three Days Grace on Instagram or on the Twitter at Three Days Grace Official. Thanks again to Matt, Neil, Brad, and my boy Barry for hanging out on Talk is Jericho. Fozzie had a great time with them on that mini tour of Canada just before Christmas. They played some big, big rooms. We had some great shows, so hopefully we get a chance to do some more shows with them very, very soon. All right. And now, very soon, as in now, like I promised, here's your chance to win one of the awesome Steven Singer gold-dipped roses right now. All you got to do, just tweet me at Talk is Jericho and say, hook me up with the best rose ever. And this is very important. Use the hashtag I hate Steven Singer. I'll be picking 12 more winners at random tomorrow, Saturday, February 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern time. But you got to use the hashtag I hate Steven Singer if you want a chance to win. So once again, just tweet me at Talk is Jericho. Say, hook me up with the best rose ever. Hashtag I hate Steven Singer. And 12 of you will win these gold tip roses, an amazing gift for Valentine's Day. All right. Coming up on Wednesday. Got another paranormal show for you. I know you guys are really into the paranormal uh, episodes. We got one talking about the Mandela Effect with the Mandela Effect expert, Laurie McDonald. Uh, Mandela Effect is related to memories, alternate realities. It's a phenomenon when a bunch of people share the same false memories of a past event. Trust me, it's insane. Uh, for example, is it the Berenstein Bears or the Bernstein Bears? You guys tell me that. Uh, at the end of We Are the Champions, does Freddie sing, Of the world! Yeah, no, he doesn't. And I thought he did. All of that related to the Mandela Effect will be here on Wednesday talking all about that. So do not miss it. It's going to be another creepy, uh, uh, scary, uh, superstitious, very strange show. So join us then. Uh, Mandela Effect. 
until then enjoy your weekend stay safe don't drive drunk in the meantime and in between time stay hard stay hungry peace love and hugs and a big year